Welcome back to episode 7 of season 3 of Calling in Audible. With my co-host Greg Johnson, we break down all the big sports news from the past week. So Greg, um, any big news that happened this weekend to the Minnesota Gophers football team? Well, our sister school, the Golden Gophers, they had a bit of a lapse in their year this year when they lost to Iowa. I think it was 23-19. to Yeah, it was a good game. The biggest difference, what I noticed, was their... Freshman kicker, who is their starter, he got injured, so he didn't make the trip. I think it was a hamstring injury. Really? So they had that. some other freshman kicker who I've never heard of in my entire life. He started, missed a field goal, a chip shot. He missed an extra point. There might have been another field goal he missed. Mm-hmm. I think so. He might have missed two. But still, look at looking at that, that's the game right there. That's four points. Six I mean, points. I mean, do you, seven even. Do you want to give like any credit to Iowa? Because I know they've had like in the history they've had like. A... Yeah. So here's the thing about Iowa. That stadium they play in. Connecticut. Yeah, it's a... You. It is a hard game for any away team. They yeah. beat. I think they beat Michigan in there. A couple there. years ago, beat Michigan when they're ranked four. Yeah. And then it, the year before just, that, they beat Ohio State like 55-14. When like you go to Iowa to play football, it is not a walk in the you park. You better come to play. Yep, exactly. Kurt Ferentz always has his teams ready to play, and I think it's just like to add like a little incentive to it, like it's a rivalry game. So like the game between Minnesota and Iowa, historically, has always been close. No matter the team's oh, yeah. rank, the, no what, matter. The Gophers haven't won Floyd or Roy, Rosedale in I don't even know how long, five, six years, something like that. So, I mean, it's just a tough game for them. I mean, Minnesota owns the overall record for their them playing Iowa. Yeah. But still looking at that, it's just, it's brutal. Do you think they still have a chance to get in the college football no, playoff? No. You don't think they so? They don't. Because LSU, they're not going anywhere unless they lose. Ohio State, they're going to win the Big Ten. They're going to win the championship but if game. the Gophers win out... Which if the Gophers they, they, win out and they still play Ohio State, they're if not... If they beat Ohio State, there's a good chance they get in. If they beat Ohio State, you have to put them in because they beat Ohio State. That Iowa loss isn't bad. If you look at some Iowa's of the other losses... Iowa's a great team. ...compared to other one-loss teams, like... But here, here's, here's, here's the case I want to make. Iowa's schedule. They beat Miami, Ohio. They beat Rutgers. They lo- they beat Iowa State by one point. That's always a tough game, too. Yep. The Battle game. of Iowa is always tough. Mm-hmm. They beat MTSU pretty handily. They lost at Michigan, losing at the big house still, but it's 10 to 3. They put up a fight in the big house. Yeah. They lost to Penn State 17 to 12 at or his home. So Penn State came to Iowa and won 17 to 12. Iowa's a quality team, no question about no, no it. No doubt about it. They beat Purdue by 6, which is kind of shocking. They beat Northwestern 20 to nothing. But here's the thing. They went to Wisconsin, they lost by 2. Right? So 24-22. Yep. They lose to Wisconsin and Wisconsin. Again, another historically close game. Yep. And then Minnesota comes, and 23-19 they win. Iowa's a good team, but just looking at that breakdown, they are not consistent. Yeah, I mean, just it's also that. tough because... The, but then again, it's the Big their, Ten schedule. Yeah, but say when you read their schedule, it sounds like a gauntlet. Like there's Even no if you're a good games. team, you're still going to lose against other greater teams. Yeah. And, you're, and that's not going to change the outlook of your team. Yeah. Because so, looking at the Big Ten standings, Ohio State's... 10 and 0 overall, 7 0 in conference. Penn State 6 and 1. Then you have Michigan 5 and 2 at 8 and 2 overall. And then it just drops off there. You have Indiana next at 7 and 3, but 4 and 3 overall. But then you have the Big Ten West where Minnesota's out on top 6 1 in conference, 9 1 overall. And then Wisconsin's next 8 8 and 2 overall, 5 and 2 in conference. And then there's Iowa 4 and 3 and 7 3 overall. And then it just drops off with Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Ooh, Northwestern's tragic this year. Yeah. 
0-7 in conference. Yikes. But I know this is going to set up. So if Minnesota, they play Northwestern this weekend, which they should win. And then Wisconsin plays Purdue, which, again, they should win. But last time I said that, they lost to Illinois. Anyway, this will set up a big game against Minnesota and Wisconsin for Paul Bunyan's axe. And the winner of that game has the right to go to the Big Ten championship game and probably play Ohio State. I so, cannot wait for the battle of big or the battle of the axe. This sets up a pretty important game now because before, if Minnesota would have won that game against Iowa, and they would have beat Northwestern, the game against Wisconsin wouldn't have really meant that no. much because they were guaranteed a spot. Yeah, they needed to win at Iowa. So it kind of puts the Badgers back into things to kind of recharge their stranglehold upon the West Division. So, so I just found out that they don't have a pink locker room in Kinnick anymore. They don't? Oh, that no. thing's legendary. I know. They got rid of it. I remember uh, that used to be such a big psychological thing for other teams going to And the to last Kinnick. time Minnesota won in Iowa City was 20 years ago. That, 20 I mean, years ago. It's kind of like that thing with uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, teams like that. They're just good at home. So it's just no matter when or who you're playing, who they're playing, it's just a tough game no matter what. And the Gophers shouldn't look that down on it, if you ask me. No, there's no – yeah, they, like I said, that Iowa's a great quality team, like you said that mm-hmm. too. It's just the Big Ten stack. Stacked, you have yeah. half of each division ranked. Ranked. So, I and mean, the other half are just six irrelevant. teams, seven teams ranked, half the, half the conference is ranked. Yeah, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, ranked. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, ranked. There's six right there. And Indiana, I know last week, was ranked at almost B Penn State. So, I mean, yeah. it's just a very competitive conference. Honestly, I feel that re- omitting Ohio State, every game's a toss-up in the Big Ten when it comes to those ranked it's battles. Gonna, it's a hard, and especially, too. I know it's like the, kind of the same thing, too, when you look at, like, college basketball. The Big Ten's kind of stacked, too. So, it's kind of like, I know, um, what's his name? The coach of Michigan State basketball. I forget his name. Well, anyway, he said that, it's tough because it, every every game you play, you play a ranked team. So it's tough for them, Tom Izzo. It's tough to play a ranked team every week and try and battle and stay consistently good because it's always hard to stay on top of a deep conference. Well, exactly. That's why I think the Gophers are more likely to get the Rose Bowl over the playoffs. I mean, Because they're going to win the Big Ten West. They're not going to beat Ohio State. You think they're going to beat Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Greg. They're going to crush Wisconsin. And if, if I told you at the beginning of the Wisconsin's season... Wisconsin's bad. Okay. If I told you at the beginning of the season, before any games were played, that I told you the Gophers are going to the Rose Bowl, how would you believe me? Would you think at that's ludicrous? At the beginning ludicrous? of the season, I had been skeptical because, again, it's Gophers football, and they're it's like any other Minnesota disappointment team. Yeah. They start out really good. They play through feelings. Then when it gets down to it, they lose. But now, hey, that, that dream could be a reality. They could be playing for the Rose Bowl. But... Jonathan Taylor is the only happy look at the uh, Wisconsin Badgers football team. He's the only bright spot. What about their offensive line, defensive line? Well, I mean, look look at the offense line of Minnesota. I don't think a dude's I don't think a dude's under three hundred on that line. Yeah, they're just as good. I mean, that's they have a quality large offensive line, and they have the best running back trio in the NCAA. Have the best wide receiver trio in the NCAA. Easy, easy. Oh, the one. Gophers are legit, but they're not better than Ohio State. That's not no. pretend being people who we are. I mean, Sorry, Barstool gonna, Gophers. It's hard to compete with a team that nationally has a top five recruiting class every year. Yeah, Ohio State's been that way. It's just funny seeing Ryan Day just take the ship and run with Urban Meyer. He was a good offensive coordinator for him, though. So, I mean, he's kind of had, had a pedigree. He's worked under Urban Meyer for oh, a long yeah, he's, time. He's been his right-hand man for I don't yeah. even know how long. But 
You know what? That's cool, though. But how about the fact that Oklahoma, with their comeback, the 28-3, to was it? That lead is cursed. Yes, it was at halftime. Cursed. The Atlanta Falcons, when they saw the end of that game, just tweeted a hand or a facepalm emoji. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that was the highlight of my day. I remember in hockey, it's always said the two-goal lead's always the worst. A I thought three-goal th- lead. Uh, yeah, three-goal three yeah. yeah, three-goal lead. So it's always like 28-3, to you should win the game. Because I know looking at, like, the betting odds at halftime of that game, Baylor was a minus 1,000 one, minus odds to win the game. <laughs> Oklahoma was a plus 800 underdog to win the game. Whoa. So it's just like, how, how, are we, how, do they, how do you lose a game 28-3? Well, the Falcons did it in the most important game in football. Yeah. Well, On the biggest stage. Tommy Legend and the boys. Yeah. But. I mean, if you look at it, it kind of saved Oklahoma's playoff chance. I mean, it did. It definitely did. If you look at it, Oklahoma jumped up to nine. They jumped Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Next week they got TCU. I mean, that's but, never an easy game. Gary Patterson always has their defense up to up to scratch, and then the, after that they got Oklahoma State and the Oil Patch for the battle. Oklahoma, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be that's going to be a good game. Oklahoma State, I think, is now ranked in the latest college football playoff ranking twenty four. I could be wrong. Something like that. But, I mean, that could have saved the college football playoff hope. And if they win those two games, they're going to go to the Big 12 championship game and probably play Baylor again. So maybe Baylor gets a revenge. What do you think on that? No. I think because look at what Baylor had to do last week. You know, That first half they played unbelievable. Their quarter, I don't know the quarterback's name. I should because he played really well. But they played. he played such efficient football that really kept them in that game and kind of just – showed how good they actually were. They weren't pretenders at that point. So it kind of showed me that, hey, they're for real, and that Oklahoma, if Oklahoma can beat them twice, I think they should be in the college football playoff. Well, yeah, definitely if Oklahoma beats them twice, but let's be real here, Trav. Baylor, I mean, they got looking a shot. at their schedule, it took them three overtimes against TCU. Again, that TCU is always a game team that's always ready to play. Gary Patterson, I think, is one of the better coaches in all of college football, and I think he has his teams ready to play every week in and week out. So, I mean, it's well, that's the job of every coach, though. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to have their team ready to go. Let's be real. But they took, they also, Baylor had to go to two overtimes to beat Texas Tech. Granted, every football team in Texas is a legit team. And especially we'll, in the Big 12, and it's just we'll offense. That. So. Yeah, they're. What's defense in the Big 12? Yeah, so they, but they have Texas coming up on the 23rd, and then they finish at Kansas. So, yeah. They should win both those games. They should. You, you'd think they would, but I'm if, if they're going to lose, they're going to lose to Texas. They're yeah. not going to lose to Kansas. You never know anymore, especially in college football. Yeah, like I said, if you play a good team, it's a toss-up. Yeah, but talking about college football playoff odds, do you think uh, but I just want, No, go ahead. To his injury, do you think that really keeps Ooh, that, Alabama out? That's tough because... I, I don't know. It wasn't Tua. He, he wasn't doing as good as he did last year, though. Yeah, it's not really on him, though. I really thought it was, like, on their defense. Because I know against... Yeah, their defense died against LSU. I mean, it's also tough when you're playing a guy like Joe Burrow. Yeah, and that... You can just slice you Modern-day offense, whatever they're running the, out I there. Mean, crap, Revolutionized. It's more like the Big 12 offense. They're playing... Run it, gun it, no defense. 46-41. Yeah. That's a Big 12 score right there. <laughs> well, you... Take it in for consideration. They like put 46 up on Alabama. Yeah. And then Alabama put 41 up on LSU. LSU. Both teams are historically really good. And defensively, too. Yeah. Well, they. That just shows how good their offenses yeah. are. And the fact that LSU won in a shootout. But they have a very capable quarterback in their backup, don't they? Mac Jones? Yeah, Mac Jones. He's not bad. I mean, but he's not Tua. 
Tua's Tua's little brother isn't Tua. He's gonna be Tua's gonna be a first round pick. You just can't like replace that. I I I feel that Tua would be the next Matt Leinart. You think so? I think so. A lefty quarterback that just wasn't successful. Wins a Heisman or is a Heisman hopeful? Yeah. You know, just goes in the NFL, couple good years, meh. Then that's kind of it. But I I think Alabama they're gonna lose a big step. Mm-hmm. But they still have really three good receivers. They have great backfield. Yeah. Their offense line is per usual pretty good. And again, they're always their defense shows up when needed. Yeah, they're always a top of. five recruiting class too. So they're because kind of a team that reloads. Look at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Saban does a pretty good job. But I just want to talk about the overrated Oregon Ducks. The overrated Oregon Ducks. Please tell me about this, Greg. I want to hear your They thoughts. lose to Auburn week one, 27 It's not a bad loss. No, it's, it's not. Also Auburn's be- a good team. It's also a good time to lose, especially to a good team, because you look at the team's progressions throughout the year. I mean, it's the first, first game of the year. You're still working the kinks out, right? <laughs> sure. And, yeah, to start off your schedule against Auburn. It's I, I respect that. Cause yeah, that's I want- a great – that's what I want college football to be. I don't want to see Alabama playing some – low-class D1 school for a tune-up game. I want to see Auburn, I want to see Oregon going at it week one. I respect them for that, just like you said. That is something college football needs. I'm still I'm still crazy and want a rotating conference where the top 25 teams play each other all the time continuously and you have to win to stay in. And if you lose, you're out. That's really? what I want. Oh, kind of like soccer, how there's like a relegation system? Yes, only the relevant teams play each other and you have like a... Kind of how the MMA does it. All the name fighters are in yeah. the UFC, and then mm-hmm. Bellator, all the up-and-comers. And if you lose out, you're back in Bellator till you get your way back in. I mean, Bellator still has some pretty oh, name, Bell- big fighters. Oh, there's some huge knockout videos. Have you seen half of them? Those KOs are I watch, I watch a lot of... Uh... That's how you know man against boys is Bellator. But anyways, no, I Oregon, they lose straight up to Auburn, and then they smoke Nevada 77-6. to mm-hmm. They come back against Montana when 35-3. Stanford... Stanford hasn't been all that in years. Ever since Andrew Luck, they're kind of irrelevant now. Twenty-one to six. They they go to they they're home against Cal, seventeen to seven. Okay. They play Colorado, forty-five to three. Ooh, Colorado. When was the last time they're good? Couple Number twenty-five, ago. Washington, who has been choking. Isn't their coach Mike Leach right now? Yes. Yeah. See, Washington. What are they doing there? What are they doing, Trav? Washington or no? Washington State's Mike Leach. Washington, Washington has uh, Leach. Chris Peterson. Either way, both of those teams are Washington, big expectations, poor results. Washington is underperformed this year. Yep. Washington, they won 35-31. Then they beat Washington State 37-35. You know I mean, it's kind of the same thing in the Pac-12. It's kind of the same kind of West Coast offense. We're mm-hmm. going to spread you out and yep. air age you. So, I mean, they're going to be close games just because offenses can keep you in the game. Mm-hmm. And then they go to USC. They go to Southern Cal 56-24. That's a good win. That Yeah, USC still isn't all that. Arizona, 34 to 6. Arizona, not that good. Then you have, they finish out the season against Arizona State and then home against Oregon State. But if they win out, they will play Utah for the Pac 12 championship game. And if you ask me. Finally, if, a good team they're going to play other Oregon, than Auburn. If, uh, if Oregon plays Utah and beats Utah, I think there's okay, no that, way you can keep them out. That would be a there's situation no when Minnesota beat Penn State. They prove they're legit. Yeah. So, therefore, you, you can't keep out Oregon, a conference champion, out of the college football playoff, especially they beat a team like Utah who's been yeah, they in the top 10 all year. Utah, though. I, it's going to be a good Utah, game. I think Utah wins that game. I, I think Utah. With that. I think Utah has one of the best defenses in the country. Utah is unreal. Utah, a team that hasn't got a lot of 
talk around the college football world, mainly because they play at 11 o'clock at night in a lot of places. So I think Utah just... But the only thing against Utah is they lost to USC. I mean, if you look at that, historically, uh, USC has owned Utah. Coming into yeah, that game, that USC was like a minus 300. And everyone's like, why, why is USC a favorite? Well, they know that Utah has struggled against USC in the recent years. So, I mean, it's just always a tough game for I'll them. I'll give you that one. Utah but has... Oregon's oh, Oregon's under or overrated. Greg. I can't believe you they said are. that. They are. Yeah, kudos to Justin Herbert for coming back for his senior year, correct? But just Yeah, I think he'll be a f- top first He was a pick. top 5 pick last year. I think his draft stock fell, but yeah, he's going to have to go to the Giants. I don't blame him. No one wants to go to the Big Apple for the Jets or the Giants. No one wants to go to a bad team. But now he came back for his senior year, he's probably going to go to Miami. I think two will go to Miami. Poor Tua. But, I mean, it's just so many options for the college football playoff. I just really think that the winner of that game really gets in. You're not wrong, Trav. You're not wrong. I really hope Utah gets in. That's a team that really hasn't been talked about that much. Like I said before, they have a really good defense. And I think... Yeah. Oregon hasn't had a legit program since Marcus Mariota. They were... under. I think they had Chip Kelly that year, I believe. That's yeah, their coach. I just... Oregon has consistently been good. It just yeah, they're consistently helps. good, but they're not It just doesn't great. help they play in a bad Pac-12 conference or a recently bad Pac-12 conference that recently has been just dominated by Washington. Not anymore. Well, yeah, Washington had a down season. They, have, they had Jake Browning for a while there who was projected True. to be a first-round draft True. pick who dominated the conference and then got the college football playoff and realized that they're not at the caliber of Alabama or hmm. any of those teams in the college football playoff. So, I mean, it's just tough for them to kind of deal with the strength of the Pac-12 conference altogether. Yeah, that's that's a fair point, Trav, I, and I get that. But because I mean, if you I mean breaking down the college, the conferences, I think it goes Big Ten, SEC, one and two. You can interchange those however you want. Big, Big Ten 12. over this. Yeah. You could. I the mean, Big you Ten can has interchange more those. Teams than the SEC. You can you interchange those one and two. Yeah. And then Big ACC 12 next. No, Big Twelve be third, Pac-12 be fourth, and then ACC be the worst out of the five power conferences. So. Fair enough. I mean, that's... I mean, I feel that there's probably going to be a lot of listeners that are going to be totally against what you just said. I mean, if you look at the facts, I mean, ACC only has one ranked team right now, and that's Clemson. <laughs> yeah, well. Big 12. I think it's more so on the Big Ten and being interchangeable with the uh, SEC. SEC? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at there's seven teams ranked in the Big Ten and only six in the SEC. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... I mean, the only relevant teams really in the SEC are Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Mississippi State than every Al- now and then. Other than Alabama, Georgia, and A&M, LSU. South when, Carolina here and there. Other than Alabama, LSU, and uh, Georgia, when has Auburn or Florida really shown up in a big game and won? When Auburn had Cam Newton. Well, yeah, exactly. They haven't been able to win big and games Florida recently. Florida when they had Tim Tebow. It's uh, been a few years. But, I mean, it's just like Florida and Auburn have been very inconsistent in big games. Kind of yeah. a couple years ago, the big game against Florida and Michigan, Florida crapped the bed and lost like 34 to 14 to Michigan. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just that kind of. That was a good of, game, though. Yeah. That was a good game. So, I mean, it's just kind was of. Was that just, the Orange Bowl? No, it was the uh, first game of the season oh, the a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's just also just. If you ask me, I think the Big Ten's better. Because if you had, I mean. You've looked at right now, LSU and Ohio State are probably going to play for the national championship. I hope so. That'd be a great so game. That'll be kind of determined. Terrific game. Who's I'd the best team, that. and therefore best team, part of the best conference. 
So do you? So it'd be LSU beating. So let's picture the college football playoffs right now. Okay. What, what do we have for one through four? LSU, LSU Ohio State, Ohio Clemson, State, Clemson, and Georgia. And Georgia. So Ohio State's going to beat Georgia, and LSU is going to beat Clemson. Easily, or is there going to be a contest? I mean, I think, I think Clemson's kind of just. If you look at it, Clemson's going to be pretty well rested going into this game because yeah. they've been blowing their teams out like they should. Ever, I respect ever that. Ever since they figured it out. They've been blowing teams out, so they've been able to sit guys like Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne for like half the game. Come the next game, be leading at 35-0 at halftime, rest them. They're going to go to the ACC championship game, probably play Virginia. I think they're going to destroy them, rest Virginia their guys. Good in basketball. So, yeah, so I mean they're going to come in well-rested. As in LSU is gonna have to play Georgia. Tough that's game. Gonna, that's probably gonna be the toughest. Tough game. Ohio State's probably gonna play either Wisconsin or Minnesota. Tough game. Not as tough as LSU Georgia, but still gonna Travis, be a tough Travis, matchup. Travis, Travis, Travis. Ohio State's not gonna play Minnesota or Wisconsin. They're gonna play Minnesota. Get this through okay. your head. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> tough game for Ohio State, and I mean so. If, and again, Oregon, Utah, it's going to be a slugfest, tough game. Yep. So I think Clemson comes in well rested. So I think Clemson could, Clemson could do they it. Could I mean, pull off the they, upset, they but, definitely have the talent. They but, have the coach for it. But we know Joe Burrow is going to come ready. Yeah, I mean, he came ready for Alabama and he showed. He's been up. slicing and dicing every team he's played so far. So I mean, it's I wouldn't put it past them. Minus, but, yeah, yeah, sure. They've been on a roll. But I don't want to see. I don't know how. I don't know how four is going to work because I think the winner. I think LSU beats Georgia, so Georgia will be out, and then Oregon, Utah winner will be in. Under, in my opinion, either that or Oklahoma, so you get Oklahoma versus LSU. That would be funny to see Jalen Hurts in there, in Oklahoma. Yeah. I'd love especially to see since, that. especially since Tua got out or got injured. Yeah. How nice the ultimate would, backup, Jalen Hurts. How nice would uh, Jalen fit in Oklahoma right now? Or, I mean, Alabama right now. Oh, I bet you Nick Saban wishes and wishes. But what okay. what do you do when you have a predicament like that? I though mean, you have two great quarterbacks and you choose one over the other, and Jalen did what he was asked of that entire year. He yeah. sat, and then he grad transferred. He, t- you know, that's just how life is. How's this gonna be a plot twist? What if Tua gets Tua? <laughs> what if the back comes in and plays amazing and Tua? Pulls sits? a Tom Brady on a Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. What if that happens? <laughs> but you know that'd be that'd be interesting. That but would be pretty. That'd be something. Two is what a junior this year. Yeah, but he'll go to the draft. I'm sure. I, I don't know. If now, he... now after that hip injury, I'm sure he'll go. I mean, they're why they're considering it similar to Bo Jackson's, but they operated on it soon enough, so he'll make a full recovery. But like, why risk getting injured again? Yeah, but you're, you're a guaranteed first round pick. Guaranteed. Yeah. He's he's got it made because he went to Alabama and he's a quality player in Alabama. He stood out. Here's the quarterback. You know, it's just. I, I don't know. There's so many quarterbacks that look good in college that struggle in the NFL. I'm not saying he's not going to be able to make the adjustment, but I just there's always going to be that person on your shoulder that says, what if, you know? I mean, you could say that for anybody in, that's a draft pick in the first round, what if. Nick and Joey Bosa. Well, I mean, you could say that about Nick anybody. Nick Bosa sit out the entire year after, like, two games? Yeah, he played, like, three games, got injured, and he said, you know what, I'm not going to risk getting injured again, so I'm just going to sit out. And he's a stud right now. Yeah, but there was, was no question about him. He's being kind of stud. those. He's kind of one of those guys where, like, it's kind of like Chase Young, or like you look at him before he gets in the draft and he's like, "Yep, I could see this guy wearing a gold jacket. He has all of the standards, all of the qualities yeah. that can meet." Does to Tua be, have that? I don't know. I mean, it's that's, tough, that's it's what tough I'm to saying. look at quarterback. Quarterbacks are different because it's are not they? not the same system, and you're playing against good secondaries in the NFL. True, true. Especially in his division, if he gets drafted by the Dolphins, who playing the Patriots twice, <laughs> and the Bills have a pretty good defense, we'd be playing them twice. So that's four games right there where you might struggle. Might so, struggle or it will struggle. 
I mean, my, I don't, you never know. And it's also tough to see because uh, you're trying, you're, you're kind of put in a situation where you need to win now, especially if you're a guy like Tua with all this hype you've gotten throughout college. It's kind of a situation where you need to win now. And it's yeah. tough to bring a team like the Dolphins, as bad of a roster they are, to the promised land right away. That's why I think you see a lot of these draft picks in the first round, especially a quarterback, get thrown in the garbage because they're asked to help these teams that struggle really a lot and kind of bring them into playoff contention right away, especially in a tough division. So You know, I'm just looking at the mock drafts right now for the NFL. Oh, I can't wait for draft season, man. I can't wait. It's going to be great, but one of the drafts doesn't have Tua going until 19 to Oakland. That would be a good fit for him, I think. I don't think it would be a bad pick, but just – all things considered. You can sit behind Derek Carr for a little bit. You yeah, but why would you draft well. Tua if you have Derek you, Carr? You have a quarterback for your future. Derek Carr is the quarterback of the future. Tell me he isn't. Derek Carr is not better than Tua? Is that what you're I saying, Chef? Uh, they have Joe no. Burrow going one overall to Cincinnati. Great yeah. pick. I think he's going to do Again, really well. That's a tough fit. Again, you're trying to pick up a team that's could probably going to have one or two wins on the year. Yeah, it's going to be a Baker Mayfield situation. Yeah, so this is going to be pretty All tough. Over again. Then they have Chase Young going to Washington. Mm-hmm. This is where it kind of gets interesting because C.D. Lamb is going to New York. They also have Jerry Judy and then Jeff Okuda. Cornerback mm-hmm. you know. for Ohio State. The consensus is Justin Herbert's going sixth overall to Tampa, which that would be a good pick because they already have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Good one, yeah, I believe. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, yep. See, those are two great receivers right there. I'd say decent offensive line, mm-hmm. not not spectacular. Get a good coach in Bruce Arians if he keeps his job. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Uh, well, Bruce Arians, they're not going to fire him after one year. You don't think so? It's going to be more of Jameis Winston, you're out. This mock draft has Tyler Johnson uh, pick 32 to the San Francisco 49ers. Yikes. Go Gophers. But, um, Greg, do you want to tell me uh, this James Wiseman suspension? I heard about it. But I could I don't go really know on and on it. about the NCAA all day. Roast them, Greg. This go cartel ahead. is making James, or James Wiseman sit out 12 games. He's already sat out one, so he's got 11 remaining. Mm-hmm. And he'll be eligible to play on January 12th against South Florida. Yep. He has, I think, 10, 11 games, like I said, left. And, yeah, no, Memphis is going to appeal this naturally, but the entire situation was the punishment stems from two violations, Wiseman's mother accepting $11,500 from Penny Hardaway in the summer of 2017 and Wiseman playing in three games a season while he's ineligible. So they deem this and those two reasons why he's being suspended. And she, uh, like, accepted that money. Why? Was it just, like, a kind of so, incentive? The thing was, he moved to Memphis because he's getting recruited heavily by Memphis. Yep. So Penny Hardaway paid the family that money to move there. Okay, okay. That was I, – I understand that. You can't you can't help a recruit person move. move. to the city where you want him to play. Yeah, that that, that on uh, Penny Hardaway's side, that's, that's just dumb on his part. Yeah. But still, the NCAA, my – God. They're making him donate eleven thousand five hundred dollars to yeah. a charity of Where's his Where's a college kid going to get that? Why um, put a monetary value on this? He accepted money to move. Okay, fine, suspend him from that. But no, we're gonna make you pay money 
to a charity of your choice because your coach helped you move to play at your college. I get the suspension. That's warranted. Okay, fine. But then you're going to make him pay money he doesn't have that he's... Granny's probably on a full ride anyway, so really. But still. All you hear about in the news is how much money college kids don't have. All these D1 athletes that are on full rides, they don't have a nickel to their name. Yeah. A majority of them don't because they don't come from a family that has pockets like that. Mm-hmm. That's just naturally how it is. So the NCAA being pro-education, absolutely school-oriented first, nope, the amount of money we're profiting off you, we're going to keep because, you know, all the television rights. But you, you, James Wiseman, you have to pay to a charity of your choice for punishment of your sins of accepting money to move. Reality check, NCAA. I really hope the entire college, all the colleges across America, I hope all of them, leave the NCAA and form their own everything. California started this. The U.S. Congress is at war with the NCAA. I can't hate the NCAA more than I already do. Two and a half years in the system as a D2 athlete, which is different from D1. I'll give anyone that argument. But still, the NCAA is a joke. They don't know what they're doing. They're trying to say they're pro-athlete everything, and they're truly not. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head, Greg. That was There is pretty, nothing more to say. That was... um. But wasn't he, like, the number one overall recruit in the nation? Oh, he too? was the top recruit of the yeah. 2020 class. So, I mean, that, I think that played – do you think that played a little bit of a part into it? Yeah, too? it's for publicity. Because you'll see articles all over the wor- all over the news. There's some cases where people are trying to transfer. So, okay, let's put it this way. I believe I read an article, I think it was this summer. You know how Jalen Hurts grad transferred from Alabama to Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. There was another person – and they, they completely cleared that. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. There was a player, I forgot what team he played for, but he transferred to a team, I think he transferred to Virginia or West Virginia. I think he's somewhere in Duke or North Carolina or something like that. Mm -hmm. But his mom got really sick, okay? She, I'm not sure if she was dying, but she had some very serious health issue. Yeah. The NCAA denied his transfer request because of some stipulation that his transfer was ineligible because of a certain criteria. I think it was with his travel and the reason. I I think another one was the reason wasn't legitimate. Yeah. There's the same story of a tight end from Michigan State. He's from Illinois, and his grandfather was dying, and he wanted to transfer to Illinois Yep. so he could be closer to his family, and the NCAA deemed it ineligible for not having, like, a political reason to go Mm -hmm. or to transfer. Exactly. And so he has to sit out a year. Yep. So... NCAA, explain to me why a family issue such as those are not applicable to transfer, but Jalen Hurd's grad transferring to Oklahoma from Alabama is. Or Joe Burrow leaving Ohio State to go to LSU, or Justin Fields leaving uh, Georgia to go to Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Justin Fields completely greenlit that process. They said, go to Ohio State. Yeah, they clapped and everything. Like, that's going to be great for us. College football is going to be awesome again, yeah. especially in Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio what State's are good. you doing, NCAA? You're for profit. You're for television. You're not for the players. You're for your own. But, I mean, if you look at it, if you, like if this situation happened, this, this kind of situation reminds me of like Ohio State a couple years ago with Jim Trestle and like Terrell Pryor and guys like that, how they got money for 
selling like their autographs at like a oh local bar. Oh my god, bar. they needed money to buy food. No, yeah, but like yeah, they they were suspended. They got they those... sold their championship rings or something like that. Yeah, right? they they sold merchandise. Like, I think jerseys. they signed autographs too. Yeah. yeah, so they sold those for money, and then the NCAA like. Jim Trestle got fired from Ohio State, and then, like, their trophies got taken away and all that. Yep. But, like, if you look at this, they're ma- if they said, hey, okay, you messed up. We got it. You, t- you accepted money illegally. All right, mm-hmm. we got that. But, hey, they're giving a chance to play. It's not like they're yep. saying, okay, you're, you're not, it's kind of like another thing with, like, uh, the Ball Brothers, how he signed that shoe deal with, like, Adidas or something. Yeah. And they're like, all right, you're forever ineligible because you signed this because sponsorship deal. you're a pro deal. athlete. Yeah, you're considered a pro because athlete Because a shoe now. endorsement makes you a professional athlete. But they're at least giving James a chance to play again, which I think I think's fair. I don't think the amount, the pay is fair. I think the is fair, but the fine is not. Okay. That that's where I stand. That yeah, because he accepted money from a coach to move. Yeah, I already, but, I mean, I already I think, explained all this. But yeah. I think it's a step in the right direction of giving him a chance to play still. Because I if think you're the NCAA more... needs to have a reboot. Yeah, I they mean, need if to you... be completely wiped out and started over. Because if you think if he if he didn't play this year, he'll sit out the entire year, try and become try and become eligible again. By that time, he'll be what 19, 20 years old. At that, if he well, would've... he'd be eligible for the draft anyway. Yeah, so but I mean, his draft stock would fall because college. he didn't play. His draft stock would probably fall because no. he didn't play. Michael Porter Jr. I mean, that's, I mean, he was like supposed to be number one overall pick. He what he dropped, he dropped to 15? 13, 13, 11, yeah. something like that. So his drafts at, it's still gonna fall. But he had a broken that's back. Still, he had a broken back. Okay, but it's still money you're gonna lose if you don't play. He still get a chance to play. I'm saying he still get a chance his to play. His salary from the number one overall pick to the number fifteen overall pick is just like four million dollars. You get five and a half or something as the top. Still, one, and you get one. That's money. It's more money. One million dollars, Trav. Do you know what I could do with one million dollars? I could retire. Early, probably about twenty years early. I'm just saying. I take home forty, but still. The NCAA, I think, is in the right step, giving him a chance to play. Yeah. Okay. So they're making small steps. Hey. Small better, steps. Better forward. Yeah, but you know it's whatever. I hate the NCAA before I blow my heart pressure out. Um, Greg, you want to tell me about? Carmelo Anthony coming back because I thought that made a lot of headlines. I thought it was great. <laughs> Melo's back in the league, Dude, baby. I'm so happy he's back. He signs with the Blazers. It's uh the deal doesn't become guaranteed until like January seventh or mm-hmm. something. But he starts, he plays twenty four minutes, and here's a stat line. Four for fourteen, ten points. Oof. But I mean it's I mean it's, it's great for the league, I'll give him yeah, that. Yeah, I mean I think he brings more eyes to the television than a lot and of there, think. there's a lot of people saying like, oh yeah, he's gonna be the Blazers are for real now because they have Carmelo Anthony. No, they're not going to be. Just look at it. Look what? No. He, I think he was a minus twenty when he was on the floor. Whenever he touched the ball, the Blazers scored like point six four points of possession. When he didn't touch the ball, it was 0.8. And when he is off the court, they scored a point of possession. I think it's just like, I remember him in Houston. That was a debacle. That was ugly. That was because he just didn't fit the system. He's, he wanted to be a starter, and he was a bench roll. Yeah. I don't mind Carmelo Anthony playing the league. I think it's good. I'm happy for the guy because his the way he forced himself out of New York, he is clearly on the decline. Yeah. He he's not who he used to be. He's not LeBron James and a super fit freak of nature athlete. Yeah, I just think it's nice to see someone like him who's just a pure scorer all around come back to the NBA. I think like I said before, I think it just adds eyes to the NBA. Something I think they need. 
but yeah, I it just mean, I mean it's it's good. That's but a it tough just, debut though. It just raises questions about the Blazers though. They're sitting near the bottom in the West. They're hasn't, five and ten, five and eleven. Hasn't uh, Lillard been out? Nah, I just I don't think Lillard's been doing. He's been as injured. Well. I mean, he probably is. Everyone's injured in the NBA. Let's be real. But no, it's just. The Blazers have a lot of issues to address, and Sandy Mello's not going to solve that, especially if he's going to be going 4 for 14 with 10 points every night in 24 minutes. But there is one highlight in the NBA. That's Luka Doncic. What do you have? Um, the dude is 35-point triple-double in 25 minutes the other night against yeah, the Warriors? Yeah, he's one of the first people to ever do that. And his last 10 games have been phenomenal. I think he's one of the... Probably brighter stars in the NBA. He's the that's... future of the league. I'm putting that down. He's a future. That's he... a good team, though, in Dallas. You got Kristoff. Yeah, got... he had 35 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and, yeah, somewhere around 25 minutes, something like that. Yeah, you became the first player in NBA history to record a 35-point triple-double in 25 or less minutes ever. That dude is unreal. And the, I think the game before that he had a 42-point triple-double. The yeah, last person to have something like this was Oscar Robinson mm-hmm. when he was 22 years old. 42-point triple-double. Um, Join LeBron James is the only player in NBA history to score 40 points in a triple-double before their 21st birthday. Yeah, he's so, just... So, I mean, he's he's got to figure it out. I mean, it's just kind of a good... Uh, he's, he's on a good team, man. Yeah, against San Antonio, 42 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. Toronto, he had 26 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists. Against New York, which but they lost this game. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Against Boston, he put up 34 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. The dude is balling out. Consistently. They need consistent. one more person because Kristaps isn't doing too hot. Granted, he's coming off an ACL tear, but... Yeah. I mean, he's gotten 14 points, 18, 20, 20, and 4 his last 4 or 5 games or something like that. Does he have 7 triple-doubles on the season? Kristaps? No, uh, Doncic. Oh, Doncic? Yeah. he's Like I said, he's tearing it up. But, you know, that's just the NBA. You're going to have those real stars here and there. I think Lucha Doncic is going to be the best European player ever to play the game. Going to be better than Dirk, who ironically just retired from the Mavs last year. So the Mavs really know how to get those European players and ball them out. But when you draft the Euro basketball MVP at 18 years old, you know you have something there. Because yeah. Euro basketball is different than the NBA. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not the same system. They not say the type it's of play. harder than the NBA. It's they not actually the, play defense in Euro yeah, basketball. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a different flow to the game. I think it's kind of thing like what made Ricky Rubio so unique because oh, of his flow and how he's able yeah. to control a game with the his One passing. thing Ricky can't do is shoot. That's yeah, the one thing that stymied him in He came in the league at the wrong time, a league that was transforming into a shooter's league. Yeah. He can pass. He can read a defense. He's got all the dribble moves. He just cannot shoot. But um, anyways. moving to MLB, do you see the big contract Yasmani Grandal got? Four, Four years, years. $73 million. The only thing I hate about that is he signed with the White Sox. Pay catchers. Pay them. That's because you're a biased but, catcher, Trav. Yeah, pay them. Pay them up. All four foot ten of you. It's whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Really five. Do you think that makes uh, Chicago uh, nope. real contender? Nope. In the, you don't nope. think so? They got Chicago's a good young bad, core. Bro. They got a young core. Tim Anderson. Okay, won the batting title. Cool. They got a good young core, man. Don Mancato. Yeah, mm. he's still trying to figure it they're out. Building they're, they're building in Chicago. They're building. White Sox got a big payroll too, so I'm sure they're going to splash in in a couple. They need to guys. get rid of Jose Abreu. He's old. He's yeah. past his prime. I mean, he also take up a big contract, They have Lucas too. Giolito, and that's about it for pitching. I think they might lose him in free agency. Oh, God, I wouldn't want to stay there either. But 
What do you think, Trav? Do you think they're going to build something good there? I think they could. I mean, they got the young talent around them to do it. And let me see why not. I mean, Chicago's kind of a city where you need to win now. There's really no time to wait in yeah, Chicago, in big market. market. So it's kind of just a thing where, hey, we need to win now, so let's go buy players. And they're a team that has historically shown that they're going to go and buy players. So. I mean, just because they go out and buy players. Look at the Boston Red Sox, dude. Rick Porcello, they bought him. Okay, but I mean, look at okay the New York Yankees. They got Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, let's talk about the Yankees, Trav. They just cut Jacoby Ellsbury with $26 million. They Gosh. still owe him. They owe him, uh, I think it's 22 next year. Mm-hmm. And then they had a $5 million buyout of his $23 million contract. That's just chump change of the Yankees, though. Well, it is, but that just shows how bad of investments the Yankees make. They see the biggest name in the market, and their assumption is, ooh, I want that shiny piece. But, I mean, if you look at it, they're consistently good, so it doesn't really matter. But they're also the equivalent of chasing a red ball down the street, you know. Yeah. Just thinking about that, they see anything they want, they go get it. Which is why no they're... No matter the repercussions. Look, is, at, look at Giancarlo Stanton. Which Ooh, is why I want that. they've won oh, the most World trade Series. Now. They've made the most World Series and won the most World Series out of any team in the Major League Baseball, so... They haven't won since, what, 2010? But I'm, no, I'm just saying all the... Historically, they've been the most successful franchise... Yeah, their they've been the most money. historical franchise because, yeah, they had Babe Ruth and then the Derek Jeter era. They went out and got guys like Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, well, they bought him, and he worked out. The only reason why the Yankees are so off. good is they just buy all the players and eventually the dud turns to gold. I mean, think about it, though. I mean, if you, if you pay money, it's eventually going to pay out. Well, yeah, but that's still you a can't stupid be like the twins and business. Just, you can't be like the twins and draft and just try and hope for the best through your draft and then trade away your players. Yeah, Cole Stewart, first-round pick, 10th overall in 2014 or something like that, just left as a so I don't hate it. agent. I don't hate it, but you're going to you get... Know you know what? Kudos to them for being willing to go over the tax threshold and spend big money on free agents to actually win, something smaller market teams cannot do. Sorry. And that's just the reality of the MLB. You have Our your big markets. in general. What New York can do is not the same as what Oakland does. I don't know how Oakland's going to keep Matt Chapman and Matt Olson and uh, Sean Manaya. They're not. They're, they're, gonna they're all going to want that one. They're going to want big paydays pretty soon well, here. So. Yeah, they're going to get big paydays too, and that's why I think the MLB needs a hard cap. I don't know what the number would be for a hard cap, but that would even the playing field. Yeah, but I mean, teams are going to go over it regardless. Like the Yankees no, go over you it, can't but they can't go over a hard cap. I mean, like they, yeah. Okay. But they go over the salary cap already, and they just pay the fine. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Every you year. need a hard cap so no one can do that. So it makes it impossible to say if you're the Yankees and the hard cap's $250 million, you're at 239 and you want to go buy Chris Sale for $30 million. You can't do that because you financially are not allowed. Then he has to go to a different team. Yeah, I mean, it's just it evens the play. It's it, tough. That's, but then do? again, baseball is hard to have a hard cap with because of the, the amount of rosters. rosters that, yeah. that is hard. So that's why I'm not sure what the exact ideal number is. But again. Or just keep the way it is. Yeah, if the wheel's not broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. But I think this is there's a big flat tire here. Yeah. It needs to be fixed. I'm sure you saw this, Greg, but did you see the Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph kind of brawl? That... Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying this all week, and the only thing I really want to know about this situation is what did Mason Rudolph say to Miles Garrett to get hit on the head with his helmet? Because uh, the report came out today from Adam Schefter that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur when accusing Mason Rudolph of... Oh, uh, of course he did. ...tackling him to the ground. I mean, I 
I've okay. Granted, it was high school football, but I've never been this mad playing a sport before ever in my life, and I can't understand what he had to say to him to cause him to hit him with his own helmet. See, it's the sad reality that the thing that comes out is a racial slur. I, just, I think there's no place in the world for this anymore. No, but it's always going to be a thing, a part of the a part of sports and the part of the world that's sad, but it's always going to be a part of it. It's always going to be there. But here's the thing I learned about Mason Rudolph. I was on Twitter the other day, and you know, completely accurate news comes from Twitter, right? Yeah. There's a tweet about some dude that went to high school with Mason Rudolph. Oh, called him a bully. I saw yep, that. Yeah, called him a bully, said he was the guy that he locked me in a porta potty and kicked it over with his buddies and stuff like that. That tells me everything I need to know about Mason Rudolph and how much I hate him. I, yeah. I'll admit at the beginning of the season I was kind of excited because I'm not a huge Big Ben fan. I'm really not. So I said, okay, cool. Backup's going to take over Pittsburgh and hopefully they're semi-decent. Then I start learning more about Mason Rudolph. says, okay, yeah, he's got a great training habit. He over-prepares for every game. He wants to get it down to the dime. You know, great. He's really invested in his job. Perfect. What athlete doesn't. Exactly. And he's paid to do that. Yeah. So, you know. You probably should. But it's not like Demarcus Russell where they gave him blank tapes and he said, oh, yeah, they're blitz packages. No, they're just completely blank tapes. So we did do your homework. Props to you, Jamarcus. But, no, then I see that tweet from a dude that went to high school with the man. So, I mean, why would he lie about that? I mean, if yeah. you're going to openly admit on Twitter you got pushed over in a porta potty like the Pooh Cocktail on Jackass 3, the movie. Yeah, so it should probably – you don't want to do that to yourself unless it's true. No, exactly. So you're not going to openly admit something that – if that's false. So the fact he says that, you know, just Mason Rudolph is one of those guys that probably had it coming. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's something Miles Garrett needs to point out. Granted, his act was inexcusable. Yeah. Never but still, Mason Rudolph, if he used a racial slur and he's that type of person, that's what it's going to be. Not to defend Miles Garrett for his actions, but Mason Rudolph did try ripping off his helmet first. Not saying he should have hit him with his helmet, but. Mason Rudolph did, did start, start it, it yeah. and according to this, did call him a racial slur. I don't want to know what it is. I don't care to know what it is. There's just no reason for that. But he did, like you said, had it, come, had it coming, but I do not agree with him hitting with his helmet. Did you see the video of some dude that took a NFL helmet? Oh, NFL and smashed the chair? Smashed <laughs> on the chair, and the seat of the chair <laughs> split in half. This was a wood oak chair. That was like, Probably he, not like oak, but... he hit him square, too. Like it, He didn't oh. miss. Did you see all the memes of, he didn't miss. <laughs> of Mason Rudolph? There's a big old dent in his yeah, head. Yeah, he didn't and miss he, that shot. And he had the thumbs up and he's missing teeth. He said, I'm ready to go for practice, coach. Yeah, he didn't miss, man. It's just. <laughs> oh, he got him square. How big of a suspension do you think he's going to get? Miles he already said that he's going to miss the rest of the season. 100% at the end of the, re- end of this year. That's, yeah, that's, that's the already, game. And he's yeah. not going to play a snap for the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet they're just appealing if it should be all of next year. I bet you'll so. get eight games next year. Because I think this is his first offense of a major action like this. Uh, something like that. I don't yeah. think he's ever. Done I don't think Miles Garrett like has this. any. Track he's not record. Vontez Burfitt. Yeah, say, he's not like on that level. So I mean, this is his first offense. So I remember I was talking to my dad about it, and he's like, "You should be kicked out of the league." Oh no! I'm like, "Okay, no, dad, no, 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 relax." No. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get if he was like a multiple offender, and this is like his third time doing something like this. That yeah, maybe hey, he should be kicked out of the league. Yeah, he's not. He's not like Vontez Burfitt, who literally is the devil. But I mean, it's just hot. What causes someone to do that? I get maybe it's a heat of the moment kind of thing, but man, with his helmet, dude, like he could have seriously injured him. I'm surprised, like, that could have been I'm surprised bad. he wasn't in pro- concussion protocol after that. Like that, that was bad. That, that was That huge. was bad, man. I just don't get it. Yeah, but that's the NFL for you, man. But no, man. But did you see the uh, tweet AB had? 
Yeah, he was apologizing to Robert Kraft. Everything, and there naturally, of course, there's rumors that there was a return oh, happening yeah, with New England, which probably won't happen. I mean, he's got a lot of drama in the locker room and stuff like that. He already has a big track record. Of yeah, being he's counter suing his sexual assault accuser, so that's still going on. I wonder if he's a talented classes. guy, and even though he retired, he retired twice already. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants another shot. I think he still got it though. He, yeah, he still has it. You don't. He's one of those receivers. He's like Randy Moss. You don't just lose it. Yeah, just Father Time eventually catches you up. Born. But I mean, it's just. Uh, but it, it is what it is, and I I don't think AB is going to get another shot. I laughed a lot with Gronkowski and his big announcement. Did you did you see that trap? No, I did not. Oh, you're going to love this one, Rob Gronkowski. That man, the myth. The was legend. that that um, dancing with the cheerleaders? Oh, it was more than this. He, so there's going around in the news, there's a big announcement. Everyone thought, oh, he's going to come out of retirement. He's going to play the second half of the stretch for the Patriots. And psych, he's not. So what exactly is going to happen is his big announcement that he had, mm-hmm. he's going to host a Super Bowl party. Oh, that's he sweet. tweeted, I'm bringing the Fiesta to Miami with Gronk Beach Big Game Weekend presented by Monster Energy. So shocker, corporate sponsor. Because that's all, he's, that's all he's doing your entire life. But hey, good for him. Could, no, what, why, he said, prepare why for my personal body? over-the-top ocean-front music festival featuring my friends Diplo and a bunch of other people. Ooh, Rick Ross is in there too. DJ Carnage. You know, he's just he's going to throw this huge rager on a beach during the Super Bowl in Miami. That is the most Gronk thing I think I've ever heard. I like how you said that about corporate sponsor. I like how he's getting money and investing his money elsewhere. So here's the fun why thing. Here's the fun thing about... Or not the fun thing, just the overall fact about how Gronkowski handled himself when he played. Every game check, every contract earning he had from playing football went to his bank account. He lived strictly off endorsements. Yeah. He saved about that. all his money from game checks. It's nice to see someone like who naturally has a stereotype of being like a rockhead. Like oh, Gronk yeah. Is. They, everyone thinks Gronkowski's dumb. So it's nice to see someone like him investing his money mm-hmm. and putting it away so he's not broke by the age of 40. When he's not playing anymore, yeah, he's without he's a set job. For life very, so it's, very well. It's it's comforting for me to see that kind of stuff. But you know who's so. not set for life, Trav? Who's that? Mike Babcock. I think Mike Babcock's good. He, I was not expecting this. He is the first NHL head coach to go. I yeah, out of all Bruce the coaches, Boudreau. of all yeah. the coaches, Mike Babcock. Bruce Boudreau, I thought it was be first too. I mean, from my understanding, looking and reading into the reports, was that he was fired because the GM. Dubis, he had a fundamental difference in hockey. Yeah. Dubis wanted something along the lines of some modern day NHL when you team. Yeah, the talent like yeah. he has <laughs> in you Toronto. Have a roster with Willie Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, Tyson Berry. The list can go on and on. So it's Alexander Kerfoot, Jason. What are they? Spezza. They're nine. 10-4, they and four, team. 9-10-4, and they sit in fifth place in the Atlantic Division. Granted, the Atlantic Division's really good, but, yeah, if you, like you just said, you named all those players, I think they should be sitting a little bit higher in the standings, if you yeah, ask me. Yeah, Kyle Dubas, he thought Babcock's message had grown stale with the players and there needed to be a fix before the team spiraled. At least now there's a chance to salvage that situation. I'd like, And then he said, blah, 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 Babcock was fired on November 20th. Which, ironically, was a day after Mike Yo was fired by the Blues last year. Do you think there's going to be some magic where the Leafs are going to win the Cup this year? Kind of like what happened with the Blues? Go from bottom to top? I don't know. They they have the roster for it. 
Oh my God, do they have the? Rock. It's just that the gauntlet you have to get through to in the in the East. Yeah, it's that's a gauntlet you have to go through teams like Boston. Florida's yeah. better this year. Carolina, uh, not Carolina. Oh, Carolina's good. Carolina's but, uh, not bad. Washington, Pittsburgh um, when they're Pittsburgh, healthy. But yeah, when they get their guys back. So I mean, it's just again any just team a, in New York really. Just a gauntlet right now. I think. I think they're still gonna make the playoffs. I think. Oh yeah, they got the talent for it. The I playoffs. think they'll figure it out. But it's just. Do you think this is too dramatic? Do you think it was dramatic to fire? No, him? because the way I understood it was Mike Babcock had this old style hockey. He's kind of like Bruce Boudreaux. Be big, hit, and check. He did the same thing in Four check, too. back check, everything. But it's not even December yet, and you're just going to get rid of Mike Babcock. Four and a half years into his eight-year contract draft. Like, um, Mike wow. Babcock's a, like, he was... He was really good he's in a Detroit. He's good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. So I don't... Stanley Cup winning coach. I but don't understand. The how. players weren't sad to see him go. That was actually stated. Now the new guy they have coming in, suppose he is what the players want. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I mean, Toronto's an exciting team to watch, and I really hope that they can figure it out because it'd be nice to see them in the playoffs oh, this year. The market they're in, they had to do it though. Yeah, yeah. When, you're, when you live in Toronto and you're watching a Leafs game, you expect nothing but a show. The best, yeah. Mike Babcock came in and saved a team when they were the laughingstock of the NHL. Just an awful team. They drafted really well. They didn't even have number one overall picks, and they got Mitch Marner, superstar, Willie Nylander. I'd say top six forward. He'll be a two, he'll be a superstar. He'll, eventually. But Playing with a Matthews and Marner. Yeah, it's just unreal. A superstar. But, Trav, I want to go back in time a little bit today. Okay. We're going to go over the 2016 unrestricted free agent class Ooh, and like all this. those bad contracts. Kyle Akposa, Milan Lucic, Andrew Ladd, Louis Erickson, Franz Nielsen, and David Backus. Other notables are Troy Brower, James Reimer, Matt Martin, Dale Weiss, and David Schlemko. But the most notables are David Backus on up. David Backus, at 32 years old, signed a five-year, $30 million contract. <laughs> Yikes. As Franz now. Nielsen, at 32 years old, signed a six-year, $31.5 billion contract. At 31 years old, Louis Erickson. Okay, that Louis Erickson one made a little bit of sense. He came off a pretty good season. Six years, $36 million, so he could be with Daniel and the Henrik Sidin. They wanted to have the Swedish line of the century. Okay, sure. You know, that's awesome. I think he's a bottom nine forward right now. Bottom six, even. Andrew at 30 year, 30 years old, signed a seven-year, $38.5 million contract, and he currently, just as of today, cleared waivers and is in the AHL. Who is this again? Andrew Ladd. Oh, Andrew Remember when Ladd? he played for Winnipeg? Yeah, he's he's good. He's, he's decent in Winnipeg. Traded him to, I forget where he went when he got traded, but they signed him to an extension, and yikes. And if you look at number two, we have Milan Lucic, 28 years old. He's not even on the Oilers anymore. Yeah, he's not even with the Oilers anymore. This is all in the summer of 2016. He was 28 at the time. Signed a seven-year, $42 million contract coming off of, I think, a 35-point season. (laughs) Something like that. Kylo Poso, Uh, I think, just got injured recently with his fourth concussion. Also, shout out. He is a former Shattuck St. Mary player in Minnesota here in Faribault. Yeah, go Gophers. And, yeah, he, at 28 years old, signed the same contract, seven-year, $42 million with Buffalo. And hey, man. has been nothing but a mainstay on the third and second line. Hey, I don't really hate these guys getting paid, but man, that, they, we got to produce a little bit. They No, yeah, this, this was is, the worst free agent class a, in history. Looking back at it, this was tragic. This was and tragic. NHL teams are still paying the repercussions of this, still going on today. Surprise a wilder on this list. 
Yeah, where is... No, that's because Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. I think they were 2012. Yeah. I, was, I bet if we looked that up, they'd be on those lists. Or what about um, Martin Hansel, that free agent? That trade... Oof. I think the trade is worse than that contract he signed with Dallas. I'm um, glad he didn't resign with the Wild. Yeah, me too. But the stuff we gave up for him... Oof. A lot for the for, first round exit. Yeah, that was just rough. But, man. But we're going to move on to MMA trap. Um, yeah, so... This, a couple of days ago, Ben Askren announced his retirement from the UFC. Um, I wouldn't really say it's a waste of career. I mean, kind of, he was a guy who, at the time before coming to the UFC, he was 19-0 or 18-0. He was the Bellator welterweight champion for a couple of years, the 1FC champion for three years. So, I mean, it wasn't really a waste of career. I think came in the UFC in a tough spot with all that talk around him, you know, on Twitter. I know you've seen him on Twitter, Greg, mm-hmm. calling guys out, calling yep. him stupid, boom, roasted that guy. <laughs> um, I think it's just if you unlucky, really. If you look at that Masvidal knee, I think that knocks out anybody in the world. Yeah. I don't care who you are, that knocks out anybody. And when you get matched up against a guy like Damian Maya, who wants to go put you on the ground and try and choke the heck out of you, and Ben Askren the same way. He wants to go on the ground. So when you got a wrestler like him who's going to get a guy like with uh, jiu-jitsu like Damian Maya, I think it's really tough. And I think it's just really just unlucky. But I think it's just really a guy where he accomplished a lot more than just winning fights. I think he did a lot for the UFC. Kind of made the UFC interesting again. If you look at <clears throat> kind of brought trash talk, kind of like what Conor McGregor did, kind of a lot with like Chael Sonnen did with his trash talk, made it interesting, made you really want to watch the fights. And I think it really brought a lot, a lot of energy into the welterweight division that was needed after Tyron Woodley kind of just yep, that is took true. a stranglehold on the division. So, I mean, thank you, Ben, and good luck in retirement. It's fun watching you fight. Yeah, hopefully there is some better news upcoming in the MMA for next week's show. I'm sure there will be some more picks Travis and I can have, but just to remind everyone, I beat Travis in the last picks Whatever, we had. dude. <laughs> He's still salty about it, but thanks for tuning in to our seventh episode of Season 3 and our near 60-minute special of Calling an Audible. You can catch us debating, laughing, having fun all season long with our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can, all fo- you can also follow us on our Twitter page, at CallAudiblePod, for updates as well as links to our full episodes. For my very best friend and roommate, co-host Travis Canorier, and for myself, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on our next episode. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.